Hey, this is Brad Block, host of The Physician's Guide to Doctoring. This is a personal and professional development podcast for physicians where we have experts on the show that try to teach us everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs cycle. A few weeks ago, I had Dr. Pranay Parikh on the episode, who's a hospitalist and also a real estate investor. Actually, he is one of the principals of the Ascent Equity Group, and they have this big property right now that they're looking for investors for, and I ended up investing. Now, I did not know I was going to be doing that when I had him on the show. The purpose of having him on the show is just to learn more about it, and it ended up. I learned something about his investment, and I ended up investing myself. Now, what we've decided to do is an interview so that you all can learn about the investment and hopefully benefit from it as well. Now, it seems a little shady, right? Like I might be getting some kickback or something from doing this. And that's not the case. If we all invest using the same link that I'll give you, it's ascentequitygroup.com slash PGD. If you click that link and you invest, we all become this same aggregate group and we all benefit from investing kind of together. You know, normally if you invest more money, you get a preferred rate of return. And so you just, you become part of this pool. And if there are enough of us, we can get bumped up in return. So we'll talk about that during the episode. So here's the episode where you learn about Ascent Equity Group. Their deal with the Encanto is the name of the property and with Dr. Pranay Parikh. Pranay, hey, we're here to talk about something that dovetails into an episode that you and I did. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a couple of weeks ago. This summer is just flying by. Yeah. So I have invested in your real estate syndication. That was not the intention when I had you on the episode. I was just looking to figure out like how to diversify my own income streams, right? Like that's what we talk about in personal finance. You can put some money in the market and make sure you're saving for your 401k. One of the more popular things that come up with physicians in particular is real estate investing. And aside from my own home, which is the liability more than an asset, I have no experience with real estate. And so that's why I've had a couple episodes on it. And that's why I reach out to you guys, because you in particular have so much experience in this space. And so I thought, what can I learn from them so that I can start to reach out to people? And But then like, to me, people, like on LinkedIn, I'd like joined a couple of groups for like multifamily commercial real estate. These are all complete strangers to me. I don't know them. And yet you and your partners, I've been following for a long time online. Like you guys started with your own buying an apartment, buying a duplex. And your journey to this place has been so public that for me, I was like, these guys clearly know what they've done. Like their career path in this space has been so public that to me, it was, who am I going to invest in? And people are, do you know these guys? Well, kind of like I've been, I feel like the way that you guys have gone about this in like learning about real estate and and blogging about it and the leverage and growth summit, like you've been so public about everything that you've done. Of course, I would be comfortable investing with you. So that's ultimately why I reached out to begin with to find out what's going on with your current investment. So that was my rationale. What I want my audience to hear from you is let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Encanto because your current real estate syndication. I want to start out with some of the principles that we had talked about on the episode. You said, well, one of the most important things is knowing who's running the deal. You know, that's how I ended up trusting you guys with this, but chose Arizona. And so you've got, you know, very clear reasons for choosing that state. And so let's talk about Arizona and then specific location within Arizona. 
how you ended up choosing that location. Yeah. So we love Arizona. I'm in California and I hear about people moving to Texas, to Arizona, to really just a sun belt. And that's because you can work from home, right? Facebook, Apple, all these. It's so expensive to live in California and Oregon and some of these other places. So people are moving further into places. So for example, our two bedroom is 1700 for a brand new property with crazy amenities. The same thing in California would be $4,000, right? So you just your dollar just goes so much further. And we look at two things when we look at location. So one, we want people to be moving in. This year, there's going to be a couple hundred thousand people moving to Phoenix. Number two, we want there to be a lot of jobs. So the unemployment rate in the Phoenix area is actually lower than national. That's because a lot of companies are also moving out there because it's very tax friendly. The state tax is like less than 2%. So there's a lot of people that are moving there, plus a lot of jobs are following them. That's two things that we love to see when we're picking a place to buy a property. Okay. So population growth and job growth. So you've got your, you've got your area. And so the next is this particular property. What was it that attracted you to this property? And well, let me dig in a little bit deeper because Phoenix is a big area. And so we're specifically picking Goodyear, Arizona. I call it the Beverly Hills of Phoenix. The median income is 123,000, a lot of young professionals, a lot of young families, and it's a really nice area. And when there's a recession coming or potentially we're already in a recession, you kind of want to go upstream, meaning you want to go to kind of the higher end of the market, right? So Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Hermes, those are the brands that are actually doing really well right now. It's the people that are kind of struggling, the Class C that's barely making rent that are having issues, right? And so that that's not what we want to target. We want to target people and locations where it's cheap for people to afford, but it's such a nice area. It's brand new and it's we're actually, because we're getting it for such a big discount, so we'll talk about that how that happened in a second. But because of that, we're able to keep our rents actually pretty attainable for most people. So even if you're making close to the median income or a little bit above, you're able to get this super nice, clean, safe place. Really pride ourselves in being able to give that as opposed to before things that we were working on before when the economy was well, you take an area that's kind of up and coming, right? You go in, you put in some money, you make it nicer so that the people that live there, have a nicer place, but you're also able to raise rents as well. But we have seen during recessionary times that those kind of properties that need more help, more work to put into it are the ones that actually struggle and you're not able to get those rent bumps that you want. So it seems like this balance of up and coming and already established, right? In in communities that are already very well established and very nice, there's not that much money to be made. And areas that are up and coming are too risky, right? Because Correct. drop off, you know, you might not have the population growth that you expect in a recessionary time. So you guys are kind of trying to straddle that midline between up and coming and established. That's really like the sweet spot. Literally across the street, like 10 feet away, Goodyear is building their Goodyear City Hall, even in these times when construction is very expensive. So the city is really pouring a ton of money into that area. There's going to be this big, nice green park right across the street. 
100,000 square feet of class A, meaning the nicest kind of office you can get. People are really going to want to work there. There's going to be a lot of high-end stores. I'm talking about directly across the street. And they're starting to build that right now. So once that's built, that's going to bring in even more people into that area. But we're kind of catching it right before they break ground. So when you see, as you said, like a company like Hermes investing, that's building a store in an area, clearly like an international company of that magnitude has done their research. They're not going to be breaking ground in a new store in an area that like might not work out so well. Like they've done this for a very long time. And so they believe in the space, then we have good reason to believe in that particular location as well. Yeah. Well, stores like that. It's a higher end area. The retail, I know a important amount of Hermes because my wife loves it. So she would chastise me if I told her that I knew for a fact, but it's higher end. So for example, similar class, not that one in particular, but yeah. So really class A, like as good retail as you can in that area. So higher end malls, higher end food. So it's really the area. And once it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. So now We have the population, but they're building it no matter what. And that's going to bring in more population in the area. Right. They're going to need people to work in the stores. And as you said, Goodyear, if they're building, then they're going to be bringing jobs. And then people with jobs need a place to live. And so then found a place that already exists for them to live. What's the but with the property? Yeah. So we are buying it directly from the builder. So typically what happens is a builder builds something and they sell it right away to someone that runs it. Builders build and people like us manage the property. They built one and sold one in Glendale, Arizona, which is 10 miles away, but not as nice of an area. And this is as someone that owns many units there. And they sold it for $93 million or $326,000 per unit. And literally the same as this building, down to the square foot, down to the amenities. They listed ours for $85 million or $297 a door, but there was a spike in interest rates. And the buyer wasn't able to close. So that was September. We've been working on this seller since then and we got it, we got them down at 63 and a half. So $21 million discount or 222 a door, which basically is their cost to build this. So, you know, they spent three years building this, a lot of sweat, tears, and blood, and we're getting this at the same cost that they got it for. So how is that deal? Something that I had trouble understanding when I was going over the deal is how you're planning to finance it. Wrapping my head around this, like, you know, one of the things we talk about is doctors, we tend to be pretty smart people, but I had a lot of trouble wrapping my head around the complexities of this. So how is it that you are financing? Yeah, and it it is a little complicated, but uh, I'll explain why. Financing is really a mix of returns and risk and reward, right? So risk and returns. So For example, if you buy a building with 100% cash, there's very little risk in that property, but the returns are also down, right? As opposed to if you bought something 100% loan, your risk is sky high, but your returns are also sky high, right? So it's a pendulum, it's a spectrum. So we said, hey, we want to get long-term fixed debt because the biggest issue with buying any real estate right now is interest rates. Who knows what's going to happen to interest rates on a monthly basis, right? We've gone up the fastest ever from zero to five and a quarter in about a year, which is the fastest ever interest rates have increased. So we said, hey, 
we want to take interest rate risk out of the table, we're going to get fixed rate interest rate. And the only people really give that give you fixed interest rate is the government. So we said, hey, government, this is a really nice property. It's super safe. And we would like a loan. And they said, yeah, sure, we'll give you a loan. However, it is not stabilized, meaning 95% occupied, which if this property was 95% occupied, we wouldn't get the discount or even any discount on this property. So yeah, there's no to, money to be made in no something money, that's yeah. 94% because there's yeah. no risk. Exactly. No risk, no exactly. So, so we said, so they said, okay, we're not going to give you the full loan. We're going to give you 50%. So we're, that means we'd have to put down payment of 50%. We still think the reward is a little bit too low on there. So we added something called preferred equity. The best way to think about it is just an extra loan. And however, if you combine the first loan from the government, the second loan from preferred equity, the total loan equals 68%. So you and I, if we were going to put a down payment for a house, would put down 20%, so an 80% loan. So we still think it's very conservative in the sense that we're putting in a very large down payment, and that's to try to push that risk down as much as we can, but still at a point that we think the reward is pretty good. Yeah. And so the way that it works is the basically you've got these two loans, right? There's the one, the government loan, that's the biggest one, and that's got the lowest interest rate you can really get. And then there's this other loan where it's a higher interest rate, but it's a way to bridge the gap because the way that you make money is with leverage. Like it's the, the saying is, you know, people with less money borrow money in order to buy stuff. You know, the middle class saves money and puts it in the market and the wealthy leverage other people's money in order to make more money. And so like you without, if you've got this huge down payment, you're not leveraging that debt. And that's where a lot of money is made. And just to be fair, most of this stuff I've learned from you and the other partners in Ascent and all of the uh, your presence on social media and podcasting and and all that. So I'm just parroting what stuff that I've <laughs> stuff that I've learned from you to be, begin with, which is where a lot of this trust comes from. So that's interesting. And then and so now what you're doing is you're just finding investors for that extra twenty percent, thirty percent. Yeah. So the thirty percent. Sorry, the thirty-two. Yeah. yeah. So 32%. And then also like the spe we're getting a special loan from the government. It's not just a regular loan because the property is so energy efficient because it's brand new. We're getting this special green Fannie Mae loan. So it's really, it's literally the best loan we could get because it's a, it's actually a little bit lower than market rate. So right now banks lend to each other at five and a quarter percent. That's if, you know, they'd lend like to each other and ours is going to be like 5.7, 5.9. So just, the smallest little margin on top of what they can borrow from each other. Yeah, but when you're working with these small, with these giant numbers, that's, you know, the fact that you're able to get it so low is, you know, ends up saving a ton in the long run. And so let's talk a little about the waterfall because in terms of, you know, when you're choosing an investment like this, it's trust, right? Like I am just taking this Leap, even that wire transfer. When I was wire transferring my money in, I get so many warnings from Chase. Like, are you sure people steal my, like, and then someone called me up. They're like, are you sure you want to wire transfer that money? Like, I was like, should I not be sure? And then, you know, you know, then, then I invested. And so the trepidation is about trust. And so I think the, one of the things that led me to ultimately invest was the waterfall. 
like how the money flows through the property. Like how can I know that you guys are this confident about it doing well and the proof is in how the money flows through the property, right? So I think our listeners should really hear the what you described as the waterfall, how the money went, you know, you pay your overhead, right? You pay the interest on the loan and management and, you know, upkeep and all the rest of it, right? There's this profit, these distributions. And so how do you decide who gets what? Yeah, so the property actually is cash flowing already. So first check's going to go out in a couple months, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. We pay quarterly yes. after that. The way the money works, and so after sponsor, I think the second thing to really look for is how is the agreement in terms of profit? Because you can have a great sponsor, but if all the money's going to them, it kind of sucks for you, right? So there's something called preferred return, which means the first money that comes out of the property goes to you up until that number. So for us, it's 8%. And potentially that might be higher for your group. I'll talk about that shortly. But so 8%, so that means we owe you 8% per year. So 40% at the end of five years, which we think will hold for five years before we see a dollar. And you know, the preferred return is actually pretty industry standard. But we said that wasn't good enough. So after you meet that 8% per year or 40% over five years, we said you'll get 100% of the profits until you get all your money back. So at that point, you'll have 140% return and or you'll have 140%. So all your money back plus 40%. And then followed by that, 75% of the profits go to you and 25% go to us. So, so we're you know, we really don't get paid till the very end, but we think that's the, there's going to be plenty of pie to go around for everyone in that. And, you know, we're happy to get paid last. Exactly. You're so confident in this deal that you aren't going to make anything until we're paid this preferred return. And, you know, for those who end up investing, the that number can be different depending on, you know, ultimately how much you end up investing. But like the minimum amount that you can invest is, 35,000. And so if you invest 35,000, then you get this 8% return. And so you, Pranay, don't see anything until we get at least that 8% return, except for your own investment, clearly. Like you've, I would imagine yeah. you've invested some of your own money in yes. this as well. You're not yeah. just, uh, you're not just the operator in, in this particular situation. So again, that's like, how do you choose a doctor? You choose a doctor, like you talk to your friends, who's a good doctor? You read their Google reviews, like how do you know who to trust? But ultimately, you have to take that leap. And I think, you know, knowing who you guys are from your public presences online and watching you have, you know, having grown what you do engenders trust, seeing how the money flows through the property, the fact that you're not going to make anything until we make at least this preferred return. So this is all right, all gives me reason to take that leap and invest. And actually, the previously types of investments like this were reserved for people with much larger sums of money, right? Like you couldn't invest unless you were putting in a quarter of a million dollars or half a million dollars. But you guys set this low bar of 35,000, which to me makes it sound like your life is so much harder, right? <laughs> like you've got to, you've got to contact, you've got to like all of these people, then you, like, there's so much more work to be done coordinating all of this. So why would you do that to yourself? That is, 
you know, I'm a hospitalist, still practicing medicine. We, you know, 250, like that's a lot of money. Even 50 to 100 grand as a hospitalist to have that extra post tax to invest is a lot of money. So we want to get people in. We love these deals. We want people to have, and you know, as part of a nice diversified portfolio, we want to get people in. So we try to have it as low as we can while still maintaining. People are surprised when they call our cell phone or our phone number and I pick up, but I try to talk to as many yes, people. Yes, I like was very that. surprised. And that happened three <laughs> days ago. Yes. Yeah, I think you had to confirm the wire instructions, but I tell everyone, call us, confirm the wire instructions. It's scary to wire your money. But so we want to get people in as much as we can. And so 35 is the nice sweet spot. Anything lower than that, if we have like 700 people per deal, I, I think logistically, we wouldn't be able to keep that because we also keep our operating expenses super low. We don't take any money out of the expenses. Basically, every dollar that we get in fees just goes back into the business to help us grow and to help. I was talking to someone else. We're moving portals. And she was like, yeah, I, like, I expect it to be good because you guys are always doing stuff to try to improve our experience. And you know, it was very kind of her to say that because we are, you know, we're always trying to see, okay, what's new? How can we make this easier? How do we take the worry about wire fraud? Like, how do we make this easier? Because people are busy. Like, you know, one of our values is called, this is water based on a really famous speech. And the, the speech is about a bunch of young fish and an older fish comes by and he says, hey, how's the water? And he keeps walking or swimming by and the, the younger fish are like, hey, what's water? And so it's just super important for us to remember, like we're a very small piece of people's lives. And because of that, we want to make it super easy. And I know before you asked me like, hey, why would I invest with doctors? I, that's a very legitimate question. That's one reason, you know, we just care more. I'll give you two other quick stories. One, someone brought us this property in Portland, Oregon, where the current owner was getting this big discount from the government because they were providing affordable housing, right? Awesome. And, but that discount was going out and they were going to sell the property because all they do is affordable housing. And so someone said, hey, we're going to buy it, Let's partner together. You bring in the money. We're going to kick everyone out. We're going to raise rent 600 bucks and evict everyone. And we're going to make a fortune. And there's no doubt that was probably true in terms of making a fortune. But, you know, I don't want to go in knowing that I'm going to kick people out of their homes. Like, We've had to evict people, but it, you know, we do it when by kicking and screaming, you know, like very last way we do it. But we don't want to go in like knowing that's a business plan. And there's no doubt someone else bought that property and probably are crying with money, right? But <laughs> it just doesn't still right. But you're also not the savior, right? This is still you. You can't be expected to save everybody. Yes, you should be doing things on the up and ethically, and so not wanting to get in bed you know, in a situation where you're doing things that don't sit right with you is, but at the same time, you can't run a profitable business in that situation. Like this totally. is, this is what we take, pay taxes for, right? So that the <laughs> government can step in and help in that situation. Although fewer taxes because of depreciation. Yeah. Real yeah. Estate. yeah. And then one other quick story. <laughs> so we were partnering with a group to potentially buy a property and we walked the property ourselves. They're like, no, we walked it. I was like, no, we'll walk it ourselves. And we walked all the properties surrounding the area that were similar. We found one that was just so much nicer. And we reached out to them and we're like, hey, we're a group of doctor investors. That always gets us in the door. So yeah. we talked to them. We're like, hey, who do you, what vendor do you guys use? Who do you use for this and this? And the original 
people we were partnering with, they're called, they're vertically integrated, meaning they have everything in-house. So we brought that vendor to them. And long story short, the new vendor was $600 cheaper per unit for a much nicer level of stuff, renovations. So most people wouldn't have really thought of doing that because they're like, oh, gold standard is vertically integrated. But we come with an outsider's perspective that I think really benefits us when we're kind of looking at deals. But we always, on the other hand, we always partner with someone who has a ton of experience. So we're able to kind of get two sides of the coin. Yeah, as we come up in our medical training, we kind of resent whenever we get an answer that, why are we doing this? Oh, because this is the way it's always been done. I mean, how angry did it make you when you were a trainee if that was ever the answer? And so now you get to ask that question. And if the answer isn't something legit, you just, well, then we're not going to do it that way. Yeah. We're disruption used to, we're has used always to asking that question. Yeah. Disruption has always come from outside the industry, right? Airbnb, Uber, all these companies. And, you know, I don't proclaim that I'm going to be the Uber of real estate, but we can do things a little bit differently and get outsized results for our investors. The, just to go back to the low, the smaller investment, right? The fact that you guys will take a minimum of 35,000. I really like that because Again, it's a big leap for someone who's never invested in real estate like that, like this before. Totally. Actually, I have <laughs> invested in real estate through a wealth management company, and it was like a fund of funds. And mm. one, I'm not getting distributions. My money's locked up probably for a decade. And I get these like quarterly statements, and all they're showing is how much money is getting chewed up by fees. Like mm. this is how much, like anything, like 50% of anything is going into fees. And so it's so painful to get the, and then I can't, I, you know, my money's locked up. So, you know, I would never go through something like that again. And you guys, because of the way, because of the structure. So just to what I was saying, that, that leap, you know, that first 35,000 or whatever sum you decide to invest, then once we get comfortable with that, I think it's a great strategy for you guys, because then, you know, you're going to. It's not like this is your last property, right? Like you're a young guy. This is going to keep happening. And so then it gives us the comfort. What well, We did well with him before. Let's, you know what? Let's ante up a little more. Let's invest a little more. You know, more comfort leads to, you know, more comfort with higher investments. So I, I appreciate that you guys lower the bar for us to be able to then, you know, get more comfortable with the situation and then the advantage of future investments as well. Yeah, I think also this is such a great first deal because it's cash flowing already. So, you know, there's something about getting that check, you know, even if it's a couple hundred bucks, but getting that first check, that's money that you can use to live your life. And remember, you're not paying taxes on that money for five years until we sell the property. So depending on where you live, that's the equivalent of double, at least where I live in California, because I'd be paying almost 50% taxes on it because of state taxes as well. So it's, you know, it's money that you can either invest in again, or you can use, you know, vacation, cut down your shifts, not a ton right away, but it starts snowballing pretty quickly. So let's talk about what happens in five years, right? So the plan is to sell the property in five years. If it's cash flowing so well, why wouldn't you just hang on to it? Great question. So we are buying, like I mentioned, we're buying this for 222 a door. Someone has already bought the same property for 326 a door. In August last year, our pro forma, meaning the number we want to hit in five years, five years is 307. So that there's just so much value tied up in the system 
that right now we're going to get you you get cash flow based on a percentage of your investment but really that big multiple and we're assuming that you're going to get predicting that you're going to double your money in about 5 years that big kind of pop you get at the end by selling the property because there's other people that just want to sit on it like pension funds insurance funds these large companies that want something super stable with you know a couple percent return so they're going to be willing to pay a premium cuz we took the risk of running the property and stabilizing it so to get that nice number and you know people always worry about taxes but you can just get into another deal to kind of cancel out some of your taxes and now say you have 100,000 in this deal for example if you're getting say 5 or 6% a year that's great but if we give you an extra 100 in total at the end and then you invest in another deal and now that 5 to 6% is on a l- much larger number so that's why we like to go through deals and sell them right that also makes sense again with that whole like having experience with you guys and getting that return on investment what what's it called a 1034 transfer where you go from one real estate yeah. deal to another so 1031, 1031 is where you take uh, all the money in one deal and put it into another. It's going to be tough. So we'll look at it for this one, but it's going to be tough because this deal is $63.5 million. We're going to have to find a much larger deal. And there's just not that many deals in that kind of- Might way. have to just keep some of that money and not invest at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So one thing that, that you had wanted to talk about was, it reminds me of a quote from Warren Buffett, right? First rule of investing is don't lose your money right? So risk mitigation strategies. So in order to, so not only is the plan to do well, the plan is also to prevent not doing well, right? And so what are your risk mitigation strategies for this? Yeah. And I think right now, really the name of the game is capital preservation, right? The stock market is up and down, bond market is up and down, mostly down. And so we, with this deal, we're really focused on capital preservation and cash flow, right? Give you your money back, a safe investment. So here's what we're doing. So there's something called execution risk, meaning you have this big grand scheme of doing things. And every way, say it's 20 points long, for example, everywhere, every one of those points is a potential chance of failure, right? And then say you complete all 20 successfully, but something happens and people aren't willing to pay you that extra in rent. You just spent all this money for nothing. So for this property, it's brand new. So we're not going to change the cabinets. We're not going to do a ton of paint. You know, we're not going to change the floors. Nothing complicated like that. We are going to add washers and dryers. We know everyone will pay for that. We're going to change the two laundry rooms because everyone's going to have a washer dryer. We're going to change those into units. So all of a sudden, that's going to make us a lot more money. Just changing the laundry rooms to rentable units is going to add a million dollars to the value of the property. So that's execution risk. Number two is interest rate risk. You risk, when you have an adjustable rate mortgage, you risk interest rates going up, which for commercial real estate goes up on a monthly basis. So you get reassessed. But we're getting long-term fixed debt, so that will not be an issue. And then the other concern is that potentially there's a capital call that's been happening in some properties where the operator like myself comes back to the investor be like, you know, we need some more money to run this property. That has never happened to us before. I can't say never will happen, but really don't think it will. But so how do you mitigate against that? So 
a couple of things. Property is already cash flowing before we touch it. So we're going to improve occupancy, get more people in the door, improve rents. But it's already cash flow positive before we touch it. So room is to go up. Two, we're going to have a very large cash reserve just in case something bad happens. Number three, in addition to the large cash reserve, most people will borrow money for the renovations, but we're actually bringing money ourselves to renovation. So that's an extra separate bucket of money that will prevent us from ever having to come back to the investors and ask for more money. So we're really looking at this like, hey, how do we get a good return? So if you play baseball, like a double or triple, but how do we push the downside risk as low as possible? Can't be zero, but as close to as zero as possible. And I think we've really tried our best and done very well with this property. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. And so another thing that's going to help return on investment for the investors is the lack of fees. So I alluded to it before, but we didn't dive into it. So something that makes you guys different is, so with this other investment that I did, it was like a fund of funds. And it, so like, you know, you give some money and then someone's pooling all those investments to then distribute to a whole bunch of different builders or investors and then spread along a whole bunch of different properties. And so for each level of that, someone's taking a piece and probably pieces being taken because it's so opaque that I'm not even realizing it's happening. So for you guys, you know, what are those types of fees looking like? Yeah, so you're right. Every le level of the fund, there are probably fees, probably similar fees. So you're probably getting a good like 5 to 10% of fees before you even get started. So we have three, two fees, really. And then a third one that most likely will not happen. It's conditional. So first fee, 2% acquisition fee. That's on the purchase price. So what that fee does is we look at a lot of properties. We visit them and it helps us really negotiate and really all that, all that is involved in buying the property. We actually got very far in a property in January and we ended up walking away because a lender turn, changed the terms on us at the end. We lost a good probably 50, 60 grand on that. So that's acquisition fee. Number two fee is asset management fee. And in the first year, that's 2%. Uh, and what that does is it helps cover all the legal costs, accounting, basically setting up this process. And then starting year two, we drop that fee to 1.75. And that's based on rents. So if rents are low, the fee's low, which probably would have helped you in your fund of funds because it's a sliding scale at 1.75. So if rents are low, like they are in the beginning, the fees also lower. Those are really our only fees. There's a refinance fee only if we refinance because the government is super difficult to refinance with. But the chances of us needing that fee and the chances of us doing a refi is pretty slim. That's it. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm just going to pop over to LinkedIn. We'll see if there's any questions from listeners. But feel free to ask those questions. So the area that you're buying, that, that the purchase is in, the only, sorry, not the area, but rather the investment. So maybe a little paint, washer dryers, creating some more units, but that's really it. Like, why do you think that nobody else jumped on this property sooner? Yeah, so great question. So one, it was a long relationship. This is something that we have been working on since September. So 
at 85 million, there wasn't anyone. But actually at 63 and a half, they went to a bunch of people and we were bidding against them. One of the reasons they went with us is because we are investors or physicians. Our salary is stable because what is happening a lot of times in these New York private equity firms is they'll sign a contract and not be able to close. So our being able to do so many deals and our most of our money coming in from from physicians, they like that. We had we did this, we did multiple interviews. And it was actually a pretty difficult process to get this property because at that price, it looks super attractive. And actually, the sellers have another property. It's 60 miles away, but very similar. And they're selling it for 270 a door. So they think the pro- the economy is improved enough that they can actually get a lot more for the same property. So, you know, it has inbuilt value already before we touch it. So we're not necessarily doing so much, but there's a lot to be said about operational efficiency. So getting more people living there, raising rents, and that's a lot of value in itself. We're going to change. We're going to change some of the outside areas, maybe pickleball or volleyball court. So, you know, things to make it feel more like a home. Pickleball, pickleball. They got to change that name. They got. I mean, I think it would be even more popular if it didn't have such a ridiculous name. <laughs> you know, pickleball has been around for like 20 plus years. It yeah, just recently had, growing got, up. Yeah. Yeah. It just took off, I yeah, think, yeah, because yeah. of probably my generation. Yeah. Gen Xers, they're turning, we're turning into more boomers <laughs> and uh, we're getting older. We can't run around the tennis court like we used to. So we'll just pick up some pickleball rackets. What are some of the other concerns that you've had from other investors? So great question. A lot of people will ask, like, what can go wrong? Right. And I think that's a very, Good question, because you want to make sure that the person you're talking to actually has thought of this stuff, right? And there's always things that can go wrong. Nothing's going to be perfect. So biggest risk in real estate in general is interest rates that we're taking care of. Number two is, especially for new construction, is that someone's going to build a new construction, right? So if you're the shiny object for now, there's going to be newer shiny objects in the future. The reason we're not worried about that is because we're basically getting it at cost. Newer people that buy properties are going to have to, just to break even, they're going to have to charge a lot more in rent. So for example, we could still make a profit at 1600 for a two-bedroom. That same two-bedroom, anyone else would have to charge 1900 And so, but after t- about 24 2024, there's not going to be any new construction being built. And there's a couple of reasons why. One, construction costs are through the roof. So supply chain, labor shortage, material costs, all crazy high. Two, the banks that will lend to new construction are small regional banks because the big banks, they think it's too risky. So small regional banks are busy trying not to fail. They're not going to lend to something as risky as new construction. Three, even if you were to get a new construction loan, it'd be like 15%. It's just really hard to make those numbers work. And four, this just happened. In Phoenix, they just passed a rule, a law that says, if you're trying to get a permit for new construction, you have to prove that you're going to have 100 years, 100 years of water at the property and just right now there's no way of complying with that law it's a desert yeah it's yeah a desert 
You're going to prove you're going to have two weeks of water, a hundred years of water. Yeah. Yeah. Holy so God. I think it's going to be at least a year or two until people figure out how to comply with that law. I don't think the politicians even know how that's possible. They just wanted to put a halt to new construction. I'm sure it's going to be possible. Someone's going to figure out a way. But by the time that they even start building stuff, we're going to be well out of this property. Yeah, makes sense. So we, we do have a question from a listener. And I think actually you've answered that somewhat. Why is now the right time for a deal like this? So I'll actually start with why it was the right time for me. And the reason is, you know, the market is the market. You know, it's been ups and downs, but it's been kind of flat lately. And, you know, also diversification is never a bad thing. And two, it's real estate is mitigating risk against higher interest rates, not sorry, not higher interest rate, high, against inflation. And so, you know, if my money is making supposedly 8% per year in the market, but that's equivalent to inflation or, you know, it's 5% inflation, I'm only really making 3% of my money. That's not that great. Whereas real estate, you know, as inflation increases, the cost of housing increases. And so it's risk mitigation in against inflation. And so for me, that's why it was the right time for me. With inflation so high, I needed to figure out a way to to balance that. So that's my answer to that. But what's your answer to why it's the right time for this particular deal? So two reasons. So one, a question I get all the time is, why don't I just put my money in a high-yield savings account, right? Or an I-bond. And those are two great ways to store money, but they're not investments. So the I-bond, for example, it was 9% six months ago. Now it's 6%, right? And assuming in default, it's going to be 3%. What was your high-yield savings account last year? It was 0.4%. That's 5 or 6% right now. But just as quickly as it went up, it's going to go down. Banks are hating themselves for having to give those interest rates. And as soon as they have an ability to decrease it, they're going to. Also, that money that you get is tax disadvantaged because you're paying your marginal rate at that. So if you're a physician, 37%, you're paying taxes on it. While the money that we give you, that's tax deferred for five years. And even when you pay taxes at it, at the end of five years, it's at 25% max, but most people pay around 20%, but definitely 25% max. So that's, you know, that's the argument around high yield savings account. Should you put all your money into a syndication? Definitely not. You should hold some money in your hand and put it in a high-yield savings account. But it's not an investment. It's a way to store money, a smart way to store money, but a way to store money. The other question I get is like, hey, I keep hearing that there's going to be a crash. That there's going to be a crash. I can tell you people have been talking about a crash since like 2010. Uh, and they have missed out on one of the biggest markets ever. And for example, in 2020, during the pandemic, people thought everything was going to crash. And what happened? We saw the biggest bull run we've seen in a long time. So potentially things could crash, but interest rates, actually, the Federal Reserve said interest rates are going to go up. And so even if you get a better deal, interest rates are going to eat away at your returns and you're going to still be in the same spot because we've gotten to such a crazy discount. The seller was a little distressed. They had this big construction loan that they had to get out of. We were kind of at the right place at the right time, and we had this connection. So I don't know if we'll see another deal. We've been looking, our last deal closed in November. We've been looking for a deal since then. 
this is the first one that made sense. And I don't know, this might actually be our last deal for the year because nothing else makes sense. We've been, you know, we keep looking at deals just to get a sense of the market, but right now there's, it's just completely frozen. So if you want to invest or if your goal is to invest in some high quality investments, then this might be your only chance for the year. And, you know, the term passive income, clearly this is not passive income for you because <laughs> this is taking a ton passive. of work. Yeah. But it is genuinely passive income for us to steal the, you know, the moniker from your partner, Peter Kim, right? Passive income MD. This is for us. This is truly passive income. Like we get this, we let, we, you know, give you the money as the investment. We get distributions. When you sell, we get return on investment. It is as passive as really investing in the market. The only difference is the liquidity, right? You can pull your money out of the market at any time and you can't do this with the investment, but this is really truly passive. I mean, that's a tax term. That's not a, you know, in most situations, it's not actually passive, but you know, that's one of the things that I really love about it is I, I don't have to do any work. I don't have to do any work. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, we have sent two, $2 million worth of distributions to our investors. So, you know, that's money that you can live off. We're going to get our first exit soon. The company is only three years old. We do five-year holds. So this is actually going to be an early exit. It's going to be a 30% return in two years. Not bad for pretty much zero work that they did. That is not bad. And the fact that it's still, it's already cash flowing and it's still open for investment. Un yeah. Un unbelievable. So okay. we, we're 80% full. I think we'll be full in a couple of weeks. And uh, sh should I tell them what I'm doing special for your group? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So I am uh, aggregating everyone's investment together, meaning, so right now we have 35,000 minimum and we say, Hey, if you put in 250, 500 or a million dollars, we'll bump up your preferred return. So instead of 8% return, you get 9%, 10% and 11%. And the split at the end goes from 75 to 80, 85 and 90. I mean, at 90, you're basically investing like I am. So for all your group, you say you've already invested, I'll include everyone's group together. So if you all hit 250, I'll give you the 250 tiers for every single person. And then if you guys hit the 500, I'll give you everyone that as well. So we can do that till July 14th. Um, so we don't have a ton of time, but I know you're going to have a special link. So then I know who's coming directly from you. And let's tell them that special link right now. Tell them what they've won. So it's <laughs> ascentequitygroup.com, which is their, right? The link for their, their company slash PGD for physicians guide to doctoring. So it's ascentequitygroup.com slash PGD. So if you use that link and you invest, you'll become part of that aggregate group. And if there are enough of us that invest, you know, so they've got these different tiers, right? If you invest less than 250,000, then your preferred rate of return is 8%. If you invest between 250,000 and, you know, less than 500,000, then you get 9%. But what he's doing is he's making us like essentially one entity altogether. So if there are enough of us that invest under that link, then we all become part of that $250,000 tier or that $500,000 tier. So the preferred rate increases from, as he said, 8% 8 to 9% or 9%, 10%, depending on how much of us. So that's part of the reason why you should use that link. And I, you know, aside from being part of that, just 
I don't get any return. I don't get like a kickback for this. I am part of that lump. So full transparency, if there are enough of us that use that link, then we all kind of rise together. If not, then I'm the same as I, I invested now. So that's really the only thing that I get from this. It's not like I get any other like affiliate link or something like that. Like I, the reason I'm doing this, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't stand by it. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't invest myself and truly believe in it. So, you know, again, the link ascentequitygroup.com slash PGD for a physician's guide to doctoring. Yeah. And also an extra 5% per tier. So an extra 5% comes out of our pocket. So, you know, 75 goes up to 80 and goes up to 85. So I think, you know, at 85, that's pretty insane. You're getting 85% of the profits after you get 10% return. And after the, after this already almost guaranteed, you know, preferred rate of return. So yeah. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. It's just about taking that leap and clicking that button to, to transfer that money. So I get it if you're reluctant to do it, but if you're going to do it with someone, right, make sure it's someone you trust. And so, you know, I've, I gave you all the reasons why I trust Pranay and, and Ascent. And, you know, if you're one of my listeners, you know exactly who these guys are, right? Their presence online has been very public. They put a lot of their information out there and try to really help other people do the same thing that they do. They're really, you know, really love what they're doing for physicians. And like you said, there are all these advantages. Why would I invest with a physician when I can real estate invest with a real estate professional? Well, I mean, you are full-time real estate professional and part-time physician at this point, but like, we know you're smart. We know you can grind through work and we know you've got the, this moral compass because, you know, you're not going to evict people, as you said, that are like, you know, ha for the slightest infraction because you're a hospitalist. You sometimes see those people as patients. So, you know, they're real people. So we know you guys are going to manage this above board, you know, and do the right thing. And yeah, it just, I'm glad I invested. You're giving me, you're give, I had already made the decision. The money's already, and you're just making me so much more comfortable with the fact that I did it. So let's see if there are just any more questions. So prior, prior investments, prior properties, tell us about any of those, like the, your track, the, the short, there's a long track record here, people. So we're not going to get into every property that he's done, but just give us like the quick and dirty on your track record. Yeah. So we have bought $250 million worth of real estate in the past three years. Like I said, we're going to get our first exit in a couple of days. Super exciting to get an exit, a full, also called a full cycle and for a young company like ours. But we kind of pivoted a couple of years, I'd say about a year ago. We really were focused, just like most doctors, they care more about growing their equity, their net worth. They don't necessarily need cash flow. But we really pivoted because cash flow is super important, even if you don't feel like it. It's nice because that means the property is doing very well, right? It can cover all its expenses, has a large cash reserve, and it can send you money. Plus, it just it's very recession resistant. And that's why we like it. And so our past deals really haven't focused on cash flow. They're all doing pretty well. And, but, you know, some have adjustable rate mortgages and they faced a little challenge, but we always were very risk averse. So even when we had adjustable rate mortgages, we bought something called an interest rate cap, which is a hedge. It's like an insurance product. It says, hey, after interest rates goes above a certain amount, we don't have to pay that interest anymore. We're capped. So because of that, we're actually facing this recession pretty well, where 
a lot of other companies are doing capital calls where they ask, go back to their investors and ask for more money. So fortunately, we haven't done for that, done that. We have one exit. We also did a refinance recently, sent a bunch of money back. And as I mentioned, we just went over $2 million in distribution. So first million took about a year and a half. Second million took about a year. And we hope to hit, we hope that the hope and probably will, the third million will be a lot quicker than that. We expect probably sometime this year. Right. Well, we're coming to a close. There was one more question because we did start a little late. Apologize for the technical difficulties. And that last question was, how is communication going to be handled with the investors? Great question. So this is really insightful. And this is why I recommend a lot of people getting on the phone. And, you know, I'm always happy to talk to people about these deals. But communication is very important. You can have the best deal killing it. But if the communication sucks, like you're just stressed about it, right? So we tell people we not only want them to get a good return, we want them to sleep well at night, knowing that we're being good stewards of their money. So for every one of our deals, we do monthly reports, monthly. You get all the finances, you get all that stuff. Uh, and so you are going to get too much information. <laughs> you're going to get as much as you want. We also are very available. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. We have had people unsubscribe. We're like, hey, like, don't you need to know about this <laughs> stuff? He's like, I don't really care. Like, just send me my <laughs> checks. It's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know? But we'd rather have too much information. And especially these days when, it, you know, like we're heading to a recession, like it's hard to know and you feel, and if there's anything big that happens, like uh, we're getting this exit, I was telling you, we do a video. Like uh, we do videos. And I also... We'll jump on, we call it Ascent Lives, where it's just a, it's open office and I'll answer any questions. We'll do a little teaching and answer any questions that people have about new deals or old deals. So we're, we're very out there. It's very easy to get a hold of us. And I think communication is one of the pillars that's super important for everything we do. And I can vouch for that as well, because the, as you said, I called your hotline and then I immediately got a call back by you. I was expecting to get like a staff member or something, but no, it was Pranay helping me with my wire transfer. So I can also vouch for the excellent com communication at all steps of this. Yeah. So it's... we'll just do one more. Sorry. Good. Yeah. No, good. So I was just going to say, we'll do one more. I'll drop that link one more time. That's ascentequitygroup.com slash PGD for anyone who's interested in investing. And clearly I am a believer and, you know, we have an hour of this discussion explaining why. So I, I, I definitely recommend it. I am not, I don't know if I have to do any disclaimer. I'm a physician. I'm not a real estate professional or a financial advisor, but I'm doing this. So clearly I must believe. Yeah. And right, uh, any, anything that he gets, everyone will get. So I think like, Super important that, you know, he doesn't get any preferential treatment in his investment. You know, it's not like he gets a 150% return, right? It's, it's everyone gets put into the same box. Exactly. Everyone who clicks on that link and uses that gets the same as me. All right, Pranay. Well, thank you again for your time. For anyone else who wants to hear more from Pranay, we did an episode a while ago. He's also got his own podcast, MD Entrepreneur. So if you're a listener, you clearly, you're a podcast listener as well. 
So check him out on his podcast as well. I love I love what he's doing over there. And uh, anything else you want you want us to check out, Pranay? Yeah. So just from MD to entrepreneur, check out our website, ascentequitygroup.com. And you know, our goal is just to get people into good deals and really try to educate people, whether it's our deals, other deals. I just haven't seen another deal, either ours or anyone else's, like this good in a while. So if you're on the fence, you're thinking something better is going to pop up. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you probably not, especially this mix of kind of risk and reward. The risk is so low on this deal. And, you know, I mentioned 13 to 15% return, but if, and our predictions are the economy is actually going to get worse than it is right now. Most of us are going to be crying in a corner if that happens because the economy is actually pretty bad right now. But if it improves even a little bit, this is going to be an 18, 19% return per year. So it, it has a chance of that home run. It's just, I don't know where things are going to go. So I don't want to tell people that is going to happen, but it, the possibility is there. But if your money's going to be somewhere, right? You want to have somewhere that can go do really well in good times and mitigated for risk in bad times. And you guys have threaded that needle. So amazing. All right. So once again, ascentequitygroup.com slash PGD. That's ascentequitygroup.com slash PGD. And Dr. Pranay Parikh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I have a favor to ask. You listened to the episode until the end, which means you either fell asleep or you really liked the episode. So please share it or like it or comment on a social media post or write us a five-star review, something. It would really help me out. And maybe what you learned from this episode can help someone else too. The views expressed in this episode are those of the interviewer and interviewee and don't represent the views of their employer or even their significant other. Even though the magic of podcasting make it sound like I'm talking directly to you. This is not a doctor-patient relationship, and this is not medical advice, or financial advice, or really any advice. Thank us again for listening to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring.